Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and today we are going to talk about six things that I've learned or relearned in 2020. Now, I think it's pretty fair to say it's been a strange year for all of us. It's not every year that your business shuts down, your kids are kept home from school for months at a time, that you know, you're basically asked to stay at home, not go out, not go to businesses, not do anything for extended periods of time. So with all of that being said, I think this is also a valuable time to sit back and maybe try and gain some perspective to try and figure out, okay, what, what have we learned in the struggle or in the failure? And, you know, as the saying goes, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, right? And not every journey is a straight line. And we talk about that quite frequently on this show. There's a lot of people that I've interviewed over the years that, are in very prestigious positions. They're doing very, very well for themselves, but it wasn't a direct line. It's not like they got a degree and then got a good job and then got a better job and then got an even better job and now they're in their dream job. It doesn't always work like that. My destination was very long and winding with regards to my journey to get there. You know, I thought in 2001, 2002, I was gonna be an NCAA Division I strength coach. I thought that was it. And I had no clue that, going to a rehab facility and then going and doing in-home one-on-one personal training and writing articles and creating content and all this was going to put me to where I'm at now. So, you know, I think now is a really good time because it feels like at least to some degree we're on the back end of this or coming out of this whole COVID-19, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, yeah, it's a pandemic, but you know, just this very strange time that we have been through, I think it's a good time to reflect on it. And before I jump in, I just want you to know there are no ads today. We are going straight through. But if you are not signed up to be on the insiders list, go to completecoachcertification.com. That is the place to learn all about the cert, learn about all the new great stuff that I'm adding in. I mean, you already had, I want to say, 20 hours of content and I'm adding in an all new section on assessments this time around when I relaunch in September. So if you're not on that insider's list, do it right now. Don't wait any longer. CompleteCoachCertification.com. It will not only get you access to the cert at the earliest possible date, it will also save you $200. So a little something to sweeten the pot. Now, with that being said, let's talk about six things that I've learned or relearned in 2020. And we're going to start with an easy one. Let's start in the fitness space because I'd like to think this is a fitness-related podcast. And I think the first thing that I have relearned in 2020 is the power of checking the fitness box. Now, like many of you, I would love to say that 2020 has just been my absolute best year ever. I'm the fittest I've ever been. My nutrition is on point. I'm sleeping seven and a half to nine hours every night. And my mindset is just on point and my meditation habit is dialed in. Well, I mean, that would be really great. I think like a lot of us, it's been kind of up and down all over the place this year. I've had certain periods where things have kind of fallen in my favor or certain things have have happened and the training has been on point and the nutrition and the meal prep has been on point. But, you know, there's other times where it just hasn't, you know, let's be really honest here. And there's, there's, there's a need to be optimistic I feel like, and I like to think of myself as an optimist, but there are also times where I very much have to be a realist. And, you know, I've been up and down this year, just like the rest of you probably have been. So I think something that's really important 
is we have to get off this idea of perfection. And this is something that I've struggled with my entire life, but we have to find ways to stop thinking about perfection and instead focus on the process. And it's funny because this is something that I talk to every one of my clients and athletes about. I talk about, you know, look, you can't control the outcome, right? You can't create perfection, but you can control the process. You can show up and get great training sessions in every day. You can make sure you get to bed on time and get a good night's rest. You can make sure you're fueling your body appropriately. So I always find it amusing that a lot of the things that we find ourselves talking about time and time and time again with our clients and our athletes are also things that we need to make sure that we're taking to heart ourselves. So I think the older you get and the longer you do this, the more you realize there's just so much more to fitness and being healthy and enjoying your body than being, you know, X pounds or kilograms of body weight, Y percent body fat or squatting, benching, and deadlifting a certain amount of weight. And trust me, I've had all of those goals. And there's nothing wrong with those goals, especially if there's something there that are important to you and they give you joy and they give you happiness. Uh, But instead, while those things are important, I think what's even more important are the long-term sustainable habits that you can uphold for a lifetime. It's the slight edge principle. And I would implore you, if you've never read the book, The Slight Edge, it's one of the most powerful and impactful books that I've ever read. It's made a huge impact on me. But, you know, rather than saying, hey, I'm going to be X pounds of body weight or Y percent body fat, or I'm going to squat, bench, or deadlift X, Y, Z pounds, like that's all fine and dandy. But what's even more important are those long-term sustainable habits that you, that you learn and that you form as you're working towards achieving those goals. Because you don't walk out, unless you're like my guy, Jalen Robinson or somebody like that, you don't walk out one day and just squat or deadlift five or six or 700 pounds. You have to go in the gym and you have to train consistently to do that. If you wanna be sub 10% body fat, you have to train regularly. You have to eat nutritious foods. You have to get the appropriate amount of rest. So it's all of these little habits that you form over the way that are applied for a long-term period of time. That's the real benefit in all this. So we have to think about checking that fitness box on a regular basis. So one thing that I'm really big on is actionable items. So I don't wanna just like wax philosophical for you and then not give you some good stuff to take and apply. So as far as actionable items go, this is something that I just talked about with one of my online clients the other day. She really struggles to work out consistently. So I told her, hey, look, we've got to make your workouts manageable and easy to get done. I don't care if your workouts are 15 to 20 minutes to start off. I just want you to say at the end of every week that you worked out three times this week because that those little successes, those little wins build momentum. And then once you're going and you're in there, oh, hey, well, I just worked out for 20 minutes. Like that wasn't so bad. Maybe I can go 30 minutes next week or 45 minutes. So that's a great way to just check the fitness box. Make sure your workouts are manageable. Number two, reward yourself for hitting your target number of workouts each week. Now, I'm not a big believer in rewarding yourself with food, especially if you're trying to shed body fat or something like that or or see a specific number on the scale, but find little ways to reward yourself, little treats, because I think so often we set goals for ourselves and quite often we hit those goals, but then we don't ever have a reward. It's like, okay, well, I hit that goal. Now what's the next goal? 
And I'm notoriously bad about that. I'll set these ridiculous goals for myself and hit them or not. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, that's over. Now I move on to the next thing. So make sure you're rewarding yourself along the way. And, you know, the final thought that I have here is kind of it's similar to the making your workout manageable, but you got to find ways to lower the threshold or lower the resistance. So if it's working out, hey, don't focus on a 90 minute perfect workout in the start. I take 30 to 45 minutes. Don't think about eating absolutely perfect the first week. You want to go on a nutrition plan, find some simple, easy wins during the week. Maybe it's making sure you're getting enough protein at every meal, making sure you're drinking 16 ounces of water five, six times a day. Find easy wins, lower the threshold, lower the resistance so that ultimately you build those long-term habits that will keep you successful. Okay, so that's number one, check the fitness box. Number two, and this is kind of an addendum, but also understand that being healthy requires what I would call a tabletop approach to fitness. So if you can imagine a table that has four legs, There's a reason it has four legs, so it can stand nice and level. If you cut a leg out, now you've only got three legs, it starts to tilt. You get down to two legs and your table's falling over. All right, so the thought process behind this tabletop approach to fitness is that too often we're focused solely on training when it comes to fitness. So we think, hey man, if I just check that fitness box and I go to the gym three, four, five times a week, then I'm winning. And hey, If you're getting to the gym three, four, five times a week, I'm going to applaud you because that's awesome. But, you know, there's just more to being healthy and being fit than going to the gym. It's nutrition. It's recovery. It's your mindset and your meditation. So those are kind of the four legs to your table. So I want you to think about when this pandemic first hit when we were all cooped up and we couldn't do anything and people were buying home gym equipment left and right, like how many people were absolutely freaking out that they couldn't hit the gym at the start of the pandemic? A lot of people. And and it wasn't just that they couldn't go to the gym, but they couldn't do the type of workouts that they were used to. So I actually created an, an entire video about this and I called it the tabletop approach to fitness because training is one quarter of the puzzle. Training is one leg, but you got nutrition. You've got recovery. You've got mindset and meditation. All four of these help set your table and make it level so that you can live this happy, healthy, sustainable lifestyle. So chances are, even if one isn't working, right, you can be focusing on the other. So this was the whole point and premise of that video is like, we're so focused just on training. What happens if you cut that leg off? All right. Even with three legs, your table may be a little bit wobbly but it can still support you. It can still can still hold food, right? Or water, whatever you got on top of it. So my kind of focus to them was, hey, okay, you can't train the way that you want. Instead, can you dial in your nutrition, right? Can you really take some time? You're not going to work. You don't have other, you know, outside stressors kind of going on other than the fact that you're cooped up and there's a pandemic going on outside inside your four walls. Hey, You can control your nutrition to a T. You're not going out to lunch. You're not having to go out for drinks at happy hour with friends or client dinners or whatever. So you can dial in your nutrition. You don't have to get up and go to work, at least probably not on a traditional work schedule. If nothing else, you don't have a commute. So you should be able to dial in your sleep. You probably have a little bit more downtime. So you can take 10, 15, 20 minutes a day and do some visualization, work on your meditation. So that was the whole premise of that video, like control the controllables. You can't go to the gym, fine. You can't train the way that you want, fine. 
what are the other things that you can focus on to make sure that your table stays upright? So obviously you want all four areas humming along. If, if things are perfect, training, nutrition, recovery, mindset, meditation, they are all on point. But make it easy on yourself. Maybe you can't dial in all four of those at once. And in fact, I would tell you if all four of them are all over the place, don't focus on all four. Focus on one. Is there one that you know you can improve upon? And I will just tell you this from personal experience. I'm a big believer in what I call keystone habits, like that one habit that sets off a domino effect. So I can tell you for me personally, if I am training the way that I need to be for myself, and sometimes that's not 60, 90 minute workout. Sometimes that's just a solid 45 minute session. I can tell you that if I am training the way that I need to, everything else is easier. When I train right, I feel compelled to fuel my body appropriately. When I'm training and I'm eating correctly, now it's like, well, I just put in all that effort to fuel my body and get a great session. I need to recover. So I need to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. So if there is one of those things, if there's one of those four that's a keystone habit for you, make sure that's the one you're tapping into. It could be training. Sometimes when people start eating right, then they're, they feel more compelled to go and work out. For some people, it's sleep. If they're only sleeping like four or five hours a night, all of a sudden they get six, maybe seven, seven and a half, eight. They get into that range. Now they've got more energy. So now they're more likely to go and work out. They're not sleep deprived. So they're making better food choices. So just think about, is there one of these four, these four table legs that is really most important to you? And then how do you take it and, and kind of get the momentum going in that direction. Okay. So that's number two, being healthy requires a tabletop approach. Number three, we're going to shift gears a little bit here. We talk some fitness. Let's talk a little business. And I think this is going to be applicable regardless of whether you're in the fitness space or not. Number three is one is the worst number in business. So when you own an offline training business, like Bill and I do in iFast, we typically have one revenue stream, at least for the gym, right? It's training. Obviously Bill runs a PT clinic, but he gets paid to train people and rehabilitate people in the purple room. So what happens when a pandemic hits? What do you do when you can't train people anymore, (laughs) right? Like this is something that a lot of fitness business owners came to grips with in a very sudden fashion in March and April of this year. So that's iFast, but then there's also RTS and RTS or Robertson Training Systems is like the online platform. It's where I create content. It's where where I sell the certification and iFast University with Bill. Everything goes through RTS. And there, I mean, I was crushing it at the start of this year as far as, you know, I've got Pat Rigsby helping me with my kind of business operations. And so I had a bunch of online clients. I had a bunch of online mentees from around the world. Like things were really, really good. Pandemic hits, done. Like it was amazing how quickly, you know, all my online clients pretty much had to bounce. All of my mentees, They were gym owners. They were trainers. They had no more income. They had to stop. So my point here, and this is a Dan Kennedy line, is that one is the worst number in business, maybe other than zero. (laughs) Zero would be really bad. But if you have one revenue stream, right? If you own a gym and all you do is training in a gym, that's a problem. If you only have one way of getting new customers or marketing, that's a problem. If you only have one way of coaching or training your clients, that's a problem. 
One is an awful number because now what happens when that one thing is gone or that one thing is taken away from you? So the point here is that you have to find some way to diversify. And in a lot of cases, Pat Rigsby's talked about this, Jonathan Goodman has talked about this, but creating a more hybrid approach to your business. And if you're in the fitness space, maybe you do brick and mortar in-person coaching. Maybe you do some online coaching. Maybe you do, and that could be like via Zoom and that sort of thing, because some people will do that. They don't want to come into a gym anymore. There could be some purely online coaching where it's just through an app or through a platform. But I think diversity and diversification is one thing. But I think what's also of critical importance is you have to be malleable. And so this was something that was really important for me. So, you know, online coaching, I take a lot of time and effort in that, right? It's taking a lot of time to get the platform the way that I want it. There's a high degree of individualization. I'm not writing cookie cutter programs for these people. So it's a higher ticket item. My one-on-one private mentorship. Again, I take a lot of time. There's communication back and forth throughout the month. There's a one hour Skype or Zoom call every single month. So there's a lot of time invested in that. Therefore, they're higher ticket items. So in this sense of being malleable, I had to look at the market and say, hey, look, these high ticket items, they're not going to sell right now. So I basically shifted my business. And if you follow me on social media or you follow my newsletter, I'm not talking about mentorship. I'm not talking about private online coaching. Right now, I'm talking about the certification, which is set at a lower price point and it's broken up over multiple months, working on iFast University, which instead of one-on-one private mentorship is a group-based membership option. So those worked out really well. Also, when the gym closed, we didn't have the the accessibility. We didn't have just the opportunity to do group stuff. So what did I do there? I shifted to one-on-one. So this is where being malleable is so important. You have to kind of take in, take in and understand what the situation is in front of you. You have to understand the disadvantages you're at, and then you have to find a way to make yourself successful. So whether it was with RTS whether it was with iFast, I found ways to be malleable and to shift and restructure my business on the fly so that we could make it work. Even with the gym, like I remember the day that the governor basically put us on lockdown for a minimum of four weeks and you know what ended up being 10 weeks. And we literally thought that day that we were going to be able to stay open with some form of just social distancing guidelines, all that good stuff. And when he shut us down, we were in the middle of our meeting and within 30 minutes, we had a Zoom account. I had a a Zoom room for each one of our members or excuse me, for each one of our staff so that they could continue to interact and train and work with our clients via Zoom. Okay, so it's just such a critical piece. If you have one option right now, you got to diversify. And even once you diversify, you still got to be malleable. Okay, so actionable item, what I want you to think about. In what areas of your work, your business, your personal life, your training, are you limited to one avenue or option, right? At some point, it could be an issue. Maybe it never does, but I'd rather be safe than sorry. So think about where is everything kind of bottlenecked through one option. And then from there, ask yourself, how can you diversify or make yourself more malleable going forward? In a doomsday scenario, like a pandemic hitting and shutting your business down for 
10 weeks. I mean, people in New York have been shut down for six months. Okay. You talk about doomsday scenario. I don't know how some of these business owners are doing it. So in that case, what can you do to diversify and make yourself more malleable, more nimble? So if this ever happens again, you'll be better prepared for it. All right. Number four, know when to hit the reset button or blow stuff up. Now, again, this may fly in the face of that mantra that I have. I love to be optimistic. When you listen to me, I don't want you to hear a bunch of negativity. I don't want you to hear that, you know, things are awful. Like even when things are awful, I like to think at, okay, they might be awful now, but what am I learning from this? How is it going to make me better in the long run? So, you know, at the start of the year, you know, we probably all had goals for ourselves, right? And we knew we wanted to achieve certain goals or whether that was with our training, our business, whatever, we had certain goals, but we also know when something like this hits, maybe we just need to shift the goalposts here, right? The context is totally different because we're not working in the same environment that we were when the year started. So when you know, COVID hit, we thought we were going to be able to have people right back in the gym. We thought, okay, hey, this may be a week thing or a 10 day thing, but you know, we're going to be able to open back up. And then again, it was 10 weeks and it was like delay after delay after delay. And I think that was the most frustrating thing for us was the fact that we were kind of in this political pissing match between the mayor and the governor and the governor would extend it and then the mayor would extend it longer. And then the governor would say one thing and the mayor would say, oh, well, Marion County is in a different da da da. You have to stay closed longer. So, you know, for us, it was just emotionally draining because in my head, I've got this thought of, man, I've worked for 12 years to build this business and to make sure it's been successful and to make sure that we've done the right things financially to keep our doors open. But I just felt like, man, I'm watching it slip away in front of my eyes because, you know, of what's going on outside of our walls. So, you know, there's IFAST and then with RTS, I think for me, a lot of the stuff that I created early on in my career, when you go back and you look at magnificent mobility, you look at inside out, you look at building the efficient athlete. These were the things that really kind of beyond T Nation thrust myself, Eric, Bill through thrust us into the spotlight and, and allowed us to build like this online platform and really start to educate trainers and coaches. So because they they happened so early, because they were so successful, emotionally I was tied to them and I didn't want to see them go away. So my point here is that you know, it's easy to become emotionally tied to things. It's easy to become emotionally tied to maybe a certain type of workout, to certain people in your life, certain elements of our career or the career that you're in right now. It's easy to get comfortable in them or emotionally tied to them, even though they're not necessarily serving you anymore. And I think that's really important. What things are we emotionally tied to that are no longer serving the purpose that they originally did, right? So it's really easy to complain about what we don't have or what we can't do. It's really easy to focus on the things that are lacking in our life. But I think it's of critical importance that if you want to change or improve things, that you have to address and attack these things head on. So, you know, with regards to training, I kind of alluded to this early on, but a lot of people that I interacted with said, oh man, I just... I miss going in the gym and banging weights and, you know, I just want to be strong. I get it. But if you don't have access to a gym, what are you going to do? You're just going to stop working out. 
just sit around for three, six, 12 months. No, you don't do that. So again, another video that I shot during quarantine because I had a lot of free time was, hey, shift the goalposts. You can't go in the gym. You can't bang heavy weights. Okay, well, what can you do? Maybe this is the ideal time to focus on your mobility, focus on your conditioning, you know, focus on doing body weight circuits and getting really good at controlling your own internal body weight before you start adding external load. So, you know, shift the goalposts with your training, you know, with our clients. One of the things that we struggled with was we kept like saying, oh, we think we're going to open this date and we think we're going to open this date. And we kept pushing it back. And after about the third time, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm Charlie Brown when he's trying to kick the football. Just every time the ball's getting yanked out from me. So finally, you know, got to end of April, early May. I just said, you know, for now, we're staying shut. We're, I'm not going to say anything. I'm gonna, not going to announce anything until I have a definite day in my mind. And yeah, it was stressful, right? And I had a lot of people reaching out, asking questions. I just said, look, I don't know. So I'm hitting the reset button until I know when we can open our doors. I am not saying anything. And then, you know, from like an RTS perspective, all these products that I was like emotionally attached to, Magnificent Mobility, Inside Out, Building the Efficient Athlete, like we're pulling them all. Like it's kind of a sad day because those things meant so much to me. It's just a collection of so much knowledge that I had up to that point in my career, but they're not really serving me anymore. And I want, I want to kind of use this time to hit that reset button. And to make the rest of my life going forward that much better. So as far as some actionable items go, this is a really deep question, but I want you to think about in what areas of your life are people, things, or even specific thoughts holding you back? That's a big one. So I'm going to read it again. In what areas of your life are people, things, or specific thoughts holding you back? Here's another one that probably go along with that. What is no longer serving you? Or maybe who is no longer serving you? And look, I'll be honest, man, asking some of these questions is going to take a lot of courage. And you need to ask yourself, even though some of these things may take more time than just, you know, one brainstorming session and just like, oh, hey, I'm going to stop this now, you know, just understand that it might take some time. But what can you do right now today to start making your life even more awesome? And yeah, I realize this is pretty deep for a fitness podcast, but I think, you know, this point alone can be truly powerful if you take it to heart and maybe even more importantly, take action. Okay. So start asking yourself, when do I need to hit the reset button or just blow something up? Number five, someone out there has it worse than you. So be kind to them. And, you know, I know when this, this whole thing started going down in March, I was pretty down in the dumps. And I think a lot of us were, um, again, in our lifetime, nothing like this has happened. You know, even my parents, they'd never seen something like this. So, you know, I was struggling. I know my family was struggling. A lot of the people around us were struggling, but I also knew that as bad as I perceived my situation to be that someone else out there definitely had it worse, right? Like we had a home and we had food, you know, like we had enough money in the bank that we weren't going to get like foreclosed or anything like that. So one of the first things that I started doing kind of fell off after about 30 to 45 days and things dragged on. But one of the things that I tried to do early on in all this was touch base with my fellow gym owners and entrepreneurs, because if you're not an entrepreneur, it's, it's a weird mindset that we have, right? It's like this constant, like 
need to develop and grow. And it's just, there's so many emotional peaks and valleys when you're an entrepreneur. It's really hard to explain unless you're living that lifestyle. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs and other business owners, even if they're in totally different sects of the world, they can come together and they can relate because just that common bond of being an entrepreneur is very, very strong. So as humans, I think many of us tend to wallow in our own suffering. I know I do that. And sometimes it's outwardly and it's obvious. And sometimes it's more inward and we kind of keep it in and we smash it down. But we have to remember two things. Like number one, that inward suffering that doesn't serve us, that does nothing to make us better. And number two, we got to remind ourselves like so many people have it worse than us. And I think this is really timely, but when you, when you look at Chadwick Boseman, the young man that played Black Panther, that guy had stage three colon cancer for like five years until it morphed into stage four. And he ended up obviously passing away this past weekend. But that guy made five movies in the last five years. And like, not just like B grade stuff, like we're talking like blockbuster level movies. And most people didn't even know what was going on. So that's where I would tell you or remind you, like somebody out there has things worse than you. Okay. So just realize that everyone is struggling to a degree and some more so than others. And if you need help, go to someone in your inner circle. Everybody has somebody, I hope. Right. So if you need help, ask. And if you're in a position where you can help others, help. Do what you can for them. Because look, you just never know what some people are going through until you just ask them, hey man, how you doing? And you kind of lower the threshold a little bit. You lower their resistance and you get them talking. All right. So someone out there has it worse than you. Be kind to them. Then last but not least, number six, play the long game. All right. So I think if we're being realistic, again, I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. If we're being real, a lot of this, a lot of parts of this year sucked. Right. IFAST was closed for 10 weeks. I saw a serious downgrade in Robertson Training Systems, which is my primary stream of income, right? We've talked about that, especially mid-March through end of May, early June. There's probably less training than there should have been. There was a lot more stress and anxiety than there should have been. So, you know, it just, it wasn't great. But on the flip side, and obviously now looking back, you know, I have to ask myself, what did I learn in 2020? How did I get better? And And most importantly, like, how did I use certain elements of this to set the stage for things to get better? Because if you look at the peaks and valleys of life, like not everything is high, right? Like if you're in the middle all the time, there's, there's no joy because there's nothing good or bad. Like you never really change. Everything's level. So those peaks and valleys are part of it. So for me, playing the long game means taking those small actionable items on a regular basis and trying to move the needle. So we talked about it with regards to fitness, you know, so whether it's training, nutrition, recovery, mindset, trying to check those boxes every day, you know, as far as the long game goes, like one thing that turned, came out of all this, I had a lot more time at home. I got to spend a lot of time with my family. I got to spend time with my kids that I would never have gotten because they would have been in school, gotten to be a pretty decent cook. I don't know. I think I can say that. I think everybody in my house would agree with me. So, you know, I used to joke around before this, I could make eggs and maybe a melty sandwich. And now I've got pretty decent skills on the grill. Me and Kendall were making dinners once a week. Like that's been fun. So I can check that box. 
with regards to the certification. Like one thing that was really holding that back was having like a legitimate marketing structure to that. So now when you go and you sign up for the insiders list, hey man, there's like a 15 email sequence that you get. And that took a lot of time. I built all that out. I got a company to help me with my social media advertising. So I did a lot of things over the last six months that, you know, kind of mean nothing major, right? I didn't have any like major home runs, but I did a lot of little things that set me up for the long haul, right? So that's something I would implore you to do too. And look, if you didn't do anything, nobody's judging you, right? Like I'm the first to say like, and I think I've admitted it a couple times already. Like I've been up and down the whole last couple months, but like look at it as what things were you successful at in 2020? What things have you done to move the needle? And, and if it's nothing, that's okay. What can you start doing right now today to start moving the needle? Maybe it's just getting back in the habit of training regularly. Maybe it's doing meal prep on Sunday. Maybe it's saying, hey, I'm going to turn the TV off at nine and I'm going to get to bed no later than 1030. So I get a good night's sleep every night. Maybe it's starting that marketing plan for your business that, you know, you wanted to start in March and never happened. And now you're reopened and you want to get it going. Okay. So start thinking about the long game. Yeah. The last four to five months have probably sucked for a lot of us, but how can we move forward from here? Okay, so my friend, that kind of does it for today. Let's recap these six things that I have learned or relearned in 2020. Number one, check the fitness box. Find ways to get your body moving as regularly as possible and reward yourself for it, right? Three, four, five times a week, whatever your magic number is, try and hit that and then find ways to reward yourself and incentivize yourself to do that. Number two, But remember that being healthy requires a tabletop approach to fitness, training, nutrition, recovery, mindset. Those are our big four. And like any table, even if one isn't operating at 100%, find ways to emphasize and focus on the other three. Worst case scenario, nothing's going well, find one. Find the one keystone that's going to kind of drive everything forward from there. Number three, the number one is the worst number in business. Find ways to diversify what you're doing. Be malleable, be nimble, and most importantly, be prepared for what could happen in the future. Number four, know when to hit the reset button or when to blow things up. Some things don't serve us anymore. Some things aren't giving back what they should at this point in our life. And if that's happening, that's fine. Figure out what you need to do about it. And sometimes these are big questions. These aren't things you're going to solve over a cup of coffee, but you know, once you start to figure out what's serving you and what's not, don't be afraid to detach yourself from things that are no longer serving you. Number five, remember someone out there has it worse than you. Be kind to them. And last but not least, play the long game, right? Yeah. Last couple months sucked. That's okay. What can we start doing right now today to set ourselves up for the next six months, the next six years, or the rest of our career? Okay. So my friend, I hope you enjoyed this show. Like I said, a little bit different, a little bit of fitness, a little bit of business, a little bit of psychology, a little bit of just being a more awesome human being. So that does it for this week's episode. Again, truly hope you enjoyed it. I love and appreciate you. And we'll be back soon with our next episode. Take care.